0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. With that then I'm going to stop talking. Uh, Today, we actually have the privilege of hearing from our Director of Students and Groups, Ben Kittner, today. So why don't you give it up for Ben as he shares with us this morning? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Am I on? Can you guys hear me? All right. See, last time I forgot to turn it on. This time I'm talking about how I turned it on. There you go. All right. Full circle, really. So like Matt said, my name is Ben Kittner, and I'm the Director of Students and Group Ministries here at the church. And I just want to thank you guys so much uh, for choosing to be here with us on a Sunday morning, especially the day after the New Year. I mean, way to go. You guys did a good job. Now, first service did beat you to, to it, you know, first service and all that good stuff, but I'm proud that you guys are here as well. Uh, today, during the service, we're going to be uh, talking and walking through a text in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And so if you guys want to grab your Bibles, uh, you can go ahead and turn there. There's also Bibles in the seat back in front of you. Uh, or we have this super cool uh, thing that we can use called uh, sermons.church. You guys can get, to, uh, get access to on your phone. All the scripture and the the fill-in-the-blanks will be there, and you can kind of store those there if you prefer to do it that way. But go ahead and begin turning to Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we'll jump into that in just a minute. But before we do, I want to ask a question to everybody in the room, all right? Crowd participation, you ready? Who has or is creating a New Year's resolution this year? Who is it? Who is it? Who's doing it? Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, all right. Fantastic. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I think of New Year's resolutions, all I think of is like a couple years ago, this phrase, right, this statement of new year, new me. And I don't know if you guys like remember that, but man, it was so annoying, right? Like new year to me, right? So I I went and I Googled because I wanted some photos, right? Because I wouldn't be be a very good youth pastor if I didn't have memes for you guys. And so I wanted to find some. And so I just Googled new year, new me. and, And these are some of the things that came up, right? It's almost time to repeat the whole new year, new me thing, right? Like, ugh. Like it's such a drag, right? All right, or maybe this one from Morpheus. He totally quoted this in the movie, by the way. What if I told you you don't have to wait till the new year to change? Like, what? No way! I've just been saving them all up. All right, or from Lord of the Rings, right? We got this one. One does not simply keep their New Year's resolutions, right? But why do we feel this way? Why do we like scoff at this concept of creating a New Year's resolution? Now, for some of us, we're just kind of like we're those people. I'm to blame too, right? Like where we say we're gonna do something and we don't really do it. Like for instance, uh, my wife knows this, she's laughing already. She's like, what are you gonna say? Because there's a thousand, thousand of these that you could choose from, Ben. I'm a phases guy. So I get into something and then it falls away pretty quickly. And probably the most drastic one was about three years ago. uh, I I swore I was gonna learn how to play the guitar, right? I don't know how many of us in this room have actually said that. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We've all kind of said that at one point or another, right? But I I was totally gonna play it. So I ordered one on Amazon. Where you go to buy great guitars, right? And, and I got it, and I began to play it, you know, practice one time, and that was it. And I was like, I was like, this is this just isn't happening, right? This isn't me. And so it sat in the closet for the, for the next three years. And that's the question today: like, why do we do this? Why do we keep doing this over and over again? We all have things that we have said that we 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 want to do that we should do, and we ultimately have fallen short on. And this is where I want to head today, guys. there are changes in our life that are beneficial and good, and then we have to see them to completion. We have to. It's so necessary in order to live our lives to the fullest. It truly is. And to best understand that, I want to jump into our text today in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 15. Like I said before, you guys can go ahead and grab the Bible out, turn there. It's the fifth book in the Bible. I'm hoping that you guys are near there already. We're going to be looking at Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 15. It goes like this. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Some powerful verses right there. And I love this because this is the leader of the Israelites. His name is Moses. He's been leading them since the book of Exodus. Uh, and and he's, he's, he's just laying it all out for them. And it's so crucial for the story that we're going to be talking about today. But before we can fully appreciate this, this passage in scripture, we've got to understand some context. But even before I do that, I want to pray uh, over our time together. So if you guys would bow your heads with me uh, as I lift this time up. Holy God. We are so excited to enter into this time to learn and to grow, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be on me. God, that I would be your mouthpiece and that that ultimately what you've been working on in me for weeks uh, would would come to its fruition. Lord, begin to to reshape and soften the hearts of those in the congregation today that, that we would actually see a change and move. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time. May you move and be powerful when you do. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus, amen. All right. So like I said, we want to jump into some context before we do. The title of our message today is called Endless Opportunity, A Life Lived Grasping Possibilities Rather Than Impossibilities. I don't know about you guys, but impossible things tend to be impossible. And so I don't want to go after those. I want to go towards the possible things. And so that's what we're going to be looking at a little bit today. And understand, the best, understand this best, we will be looking at a bunch of different things of how to live our life by. A couple different things they want to be doing, which will bring us to our first point, which is to live your life in light of the ancient path. Now, I know about you guys, but when I wrote that one down, it felt kind of mysterious and cool, and so that's why I did it. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I like it, so oh well. Like I said, though, Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. We can't just get to the end of a book without understanding its context fully, and so that's what we're going to do today, but it begins in the book of Exodus because the books go Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so we need to understand two books before we can even understand this book, and so I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Bible Project videos. They do like outlines of different books of the Bible. Think of the outline of the outline, right? That's what you guys are going to get. This is like extra spark noted version of what we're going to be doing today, so buckle up because this is we're going to fly through it, all right, but this is crucial to what we're going to be listening and understanding to today. So, get ready. It all begins in Egypt. The nation of Israel, they're there, they're present in Egypt, and they are slaves. It's not a good thing. God doesn't want them to be that way, and they don't want to be that way either. And so, God takes them out of Egypt, uh, you know, the book of Exodus, they exit Egypt, and, and, and he begins to travel with them out into the wilderness to a mountain called Mount Sinai. Again, there's a ton, even just within those two like, pieces I just said. Go look, go look and read it. It's really quite great. But he begins to travel with them to Mount Sinai, where they receive the Ten Commandments. I hope you guys know the Ten Commandments. Don't steal, kill, murder, all that good stuff, you know. Like, don't do them. So he gives them the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, which immediately the Israelites break most of them, because that's just what they naturally do for whatever fun reason. And so, and so after that, God has mercy on them and grace towards them, because he's an amazing God, and we love him, right? And, 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 and there we go. That's, that's Exodus. They received the Ten Commandments, broke the Ten Commandments, now we're done with Exodus. Numbers, the beginning of Numbers. We're, we're winding down our one-year stay at Mount Sinai, and we're going to begin to move towards the promised land. Now, again, mysterious, kind of like the ancient path. I liked it, the promised land. It sounds cool and enticing, and it is because it's a land famed flowing with milk and honey. And so this is where God is going to begin to move them in the book of Numbers, right? So he begins to move from Mount Sinai to the promised land. Guys, we're not in Deuteronomy yet, so stay with me, all right? We're moving. We're beginning to journey towards the promised land, right? It's a good place, flowing with milk and honey. We want that. We like that, right? And so before you can do any great military conquest, right, you should probably send some spies so that you can better understand the people who are living in that promised land because generally other people don't like it when you just come and build a house like on their land. It's frowned upon, right? Right? And so they sent 12 spies into the promised land so they could better understand the people that were living there. And when 10 of those spies came back, they all did, but 10 of them came back and essentially gave a less than ideal report about the people who were living there. Essentially said, guys, there's no way in the world that we could possibly win this fight. Their walls are too big. Their cities are huge. And the people are literally giants. Like I'm not talking, I'm not talking like, like kind of tall. I'm talking like legitimate giants. And so because of this bad report, the entirety of Israel is thrown into a frenzy, and they begin to wonder, like, oh no, like, why did God take us out of Egypt? Like, being a slave wasn't that bad, you know? I mean, like, we got, we got some food, kind of, you know? But, but he, he essentially took us out of Egypt to kill us here, right? And they begin to doubt and wonder why God did what he did, taking them out of slavery and bringing them to this new place. It doesn't make God happy. It doesn't make him happy at all. And so essentially what happens is he says, I'm going to curse you guys, to wandering in the wilderness, essentially not being in the promised land for 40 years. 40 years. I'm not even 40 years old. That's a a very daunting time frame for me. But the goal was that the entire generation before who was not faithful to God would die off and that their children would then be able to inherit the land. And so here we are the beginning of Deuteronomy, the 40 years is coming to a close and the Israelites leader named Moses is trying to give them some, some words of wisdom before they go into this new land. He wants to help them. He wants to walk with them and give them what they need in order to fix the mistakes from their previous generations. To, to learn and show them like, hey, here, here's the history. Here's what's happened. We don't want to do that, right? They were cursed for 40 years. Let's learn from that mistake. Let's grow. Let's follow God with everything in us so that we can ultimately inherit every blessing that God has for us. It's an amazing thing. And so Moses, right, he's talking to this new generation, and he's essentially giving them these instructions so that, right, new year, new me, new year, new Israel. Moses wants to see a change. He doesn't want the old Israel to be coming into this place, but he wants an Israel that is ready to please and glorify and walk with God to its completeness. In Deuteronomy 30, 15, we read this. This is the end of his whole piece. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And Israelite history can be summed up in this entire verse, if I'm being honest. Like, they ebbed and flowed like crazy guys, but they ultimately had to choose whether or not they were going to follow God or if they were going to follow their own desires. You see, because because it's easy for us to follow our own desires, but it's really hard sometimes to follow God, especially when he's calling you to move into a land where there are legitimate giants and to fight them all. Yet, that's what he's That's what he's asked us. In other words, they need to wake up and see that this New Year's resolution cannot just end in January, but it has to be a life change that affects the rest of their existence. It has to, in order to see it take root. Which leads me to wonder this question, what have you chosen? What have we chosen? You see, the Israelite community, they had the ability to choose between life and death, blessings and curses. It's essentially, will you choose to be with God or not? To be with life and blessings. Or would you choose to follow after your own self? Curses and death. He's asking them this. And thanks to Jesus, we now can make that same decision. Right? It's not just for the Israelites anymore, but it's for us. It's for me. And so we have the same decision to make. And if you were with us uh, during our Christmas Eve service, Pastor Matt did an amazing job kind of walking through what that actually looks like and what Jesus came to earth to do for us. And so if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you go back and watch it. But essentially, right, the culmination of this is that the Jesus that was born in the manger that we celebrate on Christmas Eve came to die on a cross for you and for me. Ultimately, so that we can give him the lordship, the steering wheel of our life, right? So he can ultimately change us. And so the question is then extended to you guys based off of what Jesus has done for us. Will you choose to follow God or to follow yourself? Will we learn from what the Israelites have done or will we continue on in our own way? And for me, right, I've totally struggled in this. I bet all of you guys struggled in the same way that I have, right? I grew up in church and I knew all the things that I needed to know. It wasn't like a lack of knowledge, but it was like I had one foot in, like being a Christian, and one foot in wanting what Ben wants. Right? I'm a selfish individual. I think you guys are selfish individuals, too. I love you guys. But we are, right? We, we see what God wants, and we're like, oh, yay. It's a good thing that God wants us to do. It's not very hard. Like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But then he asks us to do something really hard, and you're like, well, I'd prefer to be comfortable. I'd prefer to not make my schedule more busy, and so I'm not going to do what God wants. And I struggled with that like crazy when I was younger, guys. Oh, my goodness. I know all the right answers, yet what Ben wants is what Ben wants, right? And we do that all the time. We are just like the Israelites, we claim and we profess to be following God, yet our actions show otherwise, and we don't want to do that. And so, for some of us, uh, living your life in light of the ancient path means finally getting off of that fence, finally stepping into one side or the other and saying, God, I'm going to choose to follow you fully and completely. And that might be the first time that you've ever made that decision. And I, I, w- I want to thank you guys. If that's, if that's a decision that you need to make today, to follow God, then we will have a time for you guys to respond to that at the end of the, me- at the, end of the message. Um, I just want to thank you guys for that. that. That is the biggest and best thing that you could ever do in your life, is to make a decision to follow Jesus. Now, For others of us, uh, man, following the ancient path is a little bit, little bit different, but it has a wider reach. Following the ancient path oftentimes means recognizing that there's great wisdom and, and guidance within the Scripture that we can follow and that we can use to our ability contains wisdom to handle our finances. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I I would love to get some more wisdom on how to handle my finances, especially as we enter into a new year, right? Proverbs 22, seven says this. The rich rules over the poor. The borrower is slave to the lender. Man, guys, the Bible's got something about getting into debt. Like we might want to lean into that for 2022. Uh, Maybe that's one of your goals. You want to get out of debt. Man, the Bible's got some great stuff for you. It also has some amazing things about how to walk out a successful marriage. First Peter 4, eight says this. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Man, maybe, maybe what the ancient path has for you today is to go and apologize to your, your spouse or to not hold what they've done against you on a pedestal so that you can use it against them, but to say, you know, I'm gonna cast that aside because love doesn't, doesn't hold right and wrongs, but I'm gonna enter back into a relationship with you. The ancient path has so much for us. It has even more than this. It has a ton about how we should handle relationships, it has a lot of how to care and maintain our physical body. So for those of you guys who are like, I'm going to lose some weight, or like, right? Like the Bible's actually got some stuff about your physical body and how we should maintain that and take care of that. It also has a ton about how to live and sustain a vibrant spiritual life. Man, in the church today, I think we need some of that, all right? Especially as we begin our year. How do we have and maintain a vibrant spiritual life? Man, it is located within the Bible, within our ancient text here. So what is it that's going on in your world, and what from the ancient path can help you fulfill that? I don't know what's going on in your lives, guys, if I'm being honest. I'd love to ask and talk to you guys about that, but I don't know. But what's going on in your world that seeking wisdom from the past, from Scripture? What could help if you did that? How could it help? So that's point number one today for us, guys, to live your life in light of the ancient path. And now this second point uh, is a little bit more towards those of you who have been following Christ. I say a little bit more, I mean a lot bit more. Uh, As as a follower of Christ, we are called into an action. And so if you have not uh, chosen to have Jesus be the Lord and Savior of your life, uh, this point is not particularly for you. I think there's still a lot of good truth in it. But for those of you who are professing Christians in the room, which, according to a poll, is like 85% of our country, and I'm sure in this room it's even higher than that. So for a majority of us in this room, this point is for you. Point number two says this, to live your life in light of your secret mission. Now, I got a question. Who knows what this movie is? Who knows it? Who knows it? What is it? Mission Impossible. Impossible. All right, with Tom Cruise, baby. All right, I don't know about you guys, but I love this movie. I like it when things blow up. It makes me happy for whatever weird reason, right? But the whole basis of Mission Impossible is that there are these missions that are legitimately impossible, but there's hope because there's this, like, super cool team of spies that essentially can help out in these times of need when there are impossible missions to complete. And when the spies, like Tom Cruise in these movies, receive their missions, there's this like tagline in there that that I'm wondering if some of the guys in here might know. You guys know what it is. Your mission there it is, yeah. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Guys, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm just gonna get real like childish on you guys. Like, I get so pumped when I hear that because I'm literally sitting there like, I wanna choose it, I wanna be a spy. Like, I get so pumped. Maybe that's why I like seeing things blow up because like, I'm, I'm just a kid at heart. But man, like, I wanna choose like to be a part of that mission. But here's where it comes into play for the Israelites and for us today. God gave them a mission to go into the promised land And tied to that mission was a promise that God would protect them and fight with them. But guys, that still wasn't enough to motivate and cause them to move. It wasn't. You know, it's not like Tom Cruise where some bro is sending you a mission and you don't know him or it's all within your own strength to do whatever is being called upon you. But it's really like this almighty God is asking you to do something. And tied to that is a promise that he will see it through with you. And I love it too because, and I'm going to t- take some of these, these texts out of their journey, right, in Exodus. Like, they've seen it firsthand, the power of God. Like, there really should have been no reason why they doubted whether or not God would be strong enough. Like in Exodus 13, right, uh, he's, a, he's a pillar, he's a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, the cloud, like, huggable. I like that one. The pillar of fire, like, man, I would follow that in the battle. I don't know about you guys, but like, if the Israelites were sitting there and they thought about that, they'd be like, all right, so we've got to go conquer a land, and you're a pillar of fire when you want to be. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay, right? But that's just one instance. Let's just say that doesn't quite convince them, right? There, there, are, there are other ones. The other one is Exodus 14, right? This is their journey out of Egypt. Man, we got all the numbers even to tackle within this. Exodus 14. He literally splits a sea in half so they could walk through on dry ground. Now you let me know after the service if you've ever seen somebody do that. And I'm not saying a puddle. I'm not saying a stream. I mean like a sea, guys. He split a sea in half so they could walk through it. And the Israelites are like, well, this is kind of what I expected, but it's still not good enough to win a war, right? Are you kidding me? That is a powerful God, guys. And yet Israel still doubted we can go even further. Exodus 15 and 16, right? He provided food for them and water for them in the desert while they were getting to the promised land. Come on. The God who's going to provide food out of thin air, he's a pillar of fire and he can split a sea. You're not going to follow him? Yeah, we do it all the time. We can, I can read all these stories and I know it's true of God, yet I still doubt him. You and I, we're just like the Israelites. We know the history. And we still wonder if it's true or if God's going to do it in our lives. For some of us in the room, we are walking out our Christian faith as though God hasn't completed any of these. As though the Bible's written, but my life is kind of different than everything else. And so it's just like up for grabs. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. I can't really trust God because is he trustworthy or not? And we pretend like we can live life without acknowledging the power and might of God in Scripture by recognizing and looking at the ancient path and seeing what he has done to impact what he's doing in our lives today. You guys see, God is powerful and effective, especially when it's something that he is moving in you. Absolutely. And so the question isn't whether or not God will move, but is will you move and let God show you how mighty he is? And I want you guys to write that out on your handout today. Will you move and let God show you how mighty he is? Will you move and let God show you how mighty he is, right? It's an amazing, amazing piece. And I want you guys to understand this today, that if you are following Christ, there are pieces that he's going to move in you because you're giving him the lordship of your life, right? You want him to make the decisions for you. You want him to walk with you in life. When he asks you to do something, when he sends you out, will you go? That's the question. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11, going back to our text, says this, For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. Again, Moses is talking to the Israelites, this new generation, and he's essentially saying like, guys, I know that your parents said that this is way too hard, it's impossible and that we can't do it, but please, please see what God has done. See that this is not an impossibility. It is if you do it, but it's not when God's a part of it. Please see that this commandment that I'm commanding you today is not too hard, and neither is it far off. Like you can obtain it, Matt and I, we were talking about this. Like, I wonder how close to the promised land they were before they lost it. Like, was it just over the hill or the mountain or the whatever's out there? Like, did they, were they just were they so close? Was it another mile walk? Now, I don't like walking as much as the next guy, but man, another mile after like walking around the desert, man, I'd be like, all about it. How close were they? Yet they, they let it slip out of their hands. And yes, Moses wants them to follow God, but he wants them to follow the God that he is. He doesn't want them to just be professing Christians. He wants them to be. Christians who know and act like their God is mighty and effective. I think that that's what he has for us today. And so, for those of you in the room, right, who've been following God your entire life, half of your life since Christmas Eve, we have a a question that we need to ask in and of ourselves What next step does God have for me that I have not yet taken? What next step does God have for me that I have not yet taken? right i can give you guys a thousand examples has he moved in you to be a part of the Honduras mission trip team and yet you're kind of like you know when i see gary in the hallways i kind of like you know give him the cold shoulder so i don't have to talk to him about it because i don't i'm scared to go I don't want to be a part of something like that. It's really big and scary. Yet God's moved in you and you've kind of shrugged it off as though it's not that big of a deal. Or maybe you have a love for kids and students and God is saying, Man, I want you to go talk to Hannah King, our kids director, or myself for student ministries. And I want you guys to go and be a part of those ministries. And you're like, Well, kids are gross. True. True. Very true. They are. But God wants you to look past the grossness and the weirdness. And he, wants you, and he wants you to be a part of their lives in a way that he can move with you with them. It's, it would be an amazing thing, yet you're like, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm young enough or old enough to do that or whatever. Or maybe it's, it's a, being part of the parking crew or the welcome crew or, or whatever crew it is that we have at this church, right? Maybe God is moving in you to go and be part of someone, something, a team maybe, here at the church. Now, I just said a lot of servant, like service-oriented things, and maybe you're just kind of like, a, well, like Ben, aren't there, aren't there anything else that God could be moving in us than just serving at the church? Yes, absolutely. For, for my wife Hannah and I, you guys can go ahead and toss up that picture. Uh, yeah, she looks beautiful. Mm. Love you, baby. Um, for my wife Hannah and I, it wasn't so much servant-oriented. It wasn't. It really wasn't. For us, it, it, was, it was when we got married uh, we, we we had planned to have a kid two three four years after we got married uh, and right because you know finances you want to build up some some monetary value in your life before you go and make a big li- another big life decision we just got married that's a big one like let's walk this out a little bit first and man month after month after month we just felt this longing of like and it was disappointment we were disappointed that we weren't pregnant yet and some of you guys are like listening and you're like but you guys are doing it to yourself you can't be upset about that that's what I thought too right. And I was downright upset that God wasn't just like somehow magically breaking through and we'd win the lottery and we'd get pregnant. And we finally took some time to pray about this and, and to lean into it. And we recognized that God was saying, I, I see what you're doing in your life, guys. And I see that, yeah, you have financial wisdom and you could do this. And then when you have a kid, it's, it's through your own strength. But I want you to do it now so it's through my strength. And guys, I'm not going to lie. It took me another couple of months to be able to get to that same conclusion as God. I fought, and I'm like, God, if you gave me wisdom and discernment when it came to finances, then why is this not adding up? You you asked me to lead my family, yet you are simply destroying us and asking me to just trust? I, I can't do that. I couldn't possibly do that. And man, he just shattered me over and over again. He said, really, the God who is a pillar of fire can't do that? The God who split a sea can't help you with your finances? Are you kidding? And guys, I'm saying this about myself. Like, I don't know what it is that's going on in your world, but for me, that's what it was. God was saying, move, and I will provide. Go into the promised land, and I will fight on your behalf. And guys, we did, and it was spectacular. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, Immediately, like the next week, we got a call back from Bethel Married Housing that we could live there for super cheap. It was awesome, right? Same day, Hannah gets a call that she got the job that she was applying for in the area too. And God was just showing us over and over and over again, look and see how I provided for you. All I needed was for you to take the step. God was ready to move, but we had to take that terrifying. And guys, it is a terrifying first step into the unknown to let him work the way that he needed to. And so maybe that's what it is for you guys. Maybe it's not like a servant-oriented thing. Maybe it's not a baby. I mean, I don't know why it's not one of those two, but maybe it's more, right? Maybe, Maybe it's more about like a life situation, like a next step in your life. Uh, Maybe it's the next step of getting out of debt, because finances is hard, but you're tired of getting to Christmas and having barely any money left to to provide for your family for some gifts, and you're like, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it off now. We're getting out of debt. Or maybe the next step is to apologize to your spouse so that you can begin to mend that relationship that's been broken for so long. It takes a step. It doesn't have to be them. It can be you. Or maybe it's uh, getting counseling for that habit that you just can't kick, We're coming to celebrate recovery for some added accountability to help with that as well. I don't know what it is in your life, but I truly believe that we are following Jesus and there are things in our life that he is putting up in front of us that are are missions, that are next steps. Name it whatever you want, but there there are pieces that are moving in our life and they're scary at times. They're really scary. I'm not going to lie. I was terrified. But he wants us to move nonetheless. And so that's the question. What is it? Would you be willing to move to see how mighty God is? I want to invite Tyler and Madison up to begin playing for our ministry time here. But guys, the sad thing, and the thing that I want to learn as a congregation today, the sad thing is, is that the Israelites, they never quite got this. It was a roller coaster of their history, right? They had good seasons, good years. I think we do too. But ultimately, guys, like, they kept falling short. They kept following other gods. They kept stumbling when it came to things that God said don't do or do. And they kept fumbling the ball every single time. And I want to learn from that. And guys, we read this in Jeremiah 6:16 6, That this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. And this is the Israelites. But you said, we will not walk in it. And guys, that like breaks my heart to hear. Like I read the story about the pillar of fire, or the splitting of the sea, or, 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 or whatever. And they said, we won't. I see what you're, what you're trying to move us in. I see the promised land, but it's too hard. I won't walk in it. Man, it breaks my heart that they wouldn't take a step to follow the God of their ancestors, to learn from the ancient path and to accept what was in front of them. And I don't want that to be the case for you guys. I don't want another year to go by where we act like 2020, 2019, whatever, or the generation before us, right? I don't want to use any of these things as crutches anymore. I want to learn from our mistakes using the ancient path and I want to see what God is putting in front of me and I want to move towards it. I'm tired of sitting back. I'm tired of seeing people just go through the motions, see that things are hard, and not trust the God who is mighty to do all things. So what crossroad do you find yourself at? What mission impossible is in front of you that you can only complete with God in your corner? And what of those have you not yet done? What is God calling you to move into that we're not saying yes immediately and walking into it? It's okay, I did it too. To better kind of feel this out and understand this, I want to put ourselves into this Jeremiah passage today. If you could pull up that Jeremiah passage on the screen for me again, that'd be great. I want you to input yourself into this. I, I did, so you guys are going to hear kind of like my own dialogue with this passage, but I want you to do the same thing for yourself. This is what the Lord says to Ben. I know that you are standing at a crossroad right now and it feels really, really tough. I know it's hard, but remember how faithful I am. Remember what I have done for my people in the Bible. Remember the pillar of fire. Remember how mighty I am and walk this path that I have set before you and you will find something, something that the world cannot offer you. You will find rest for your soul. Guys, this is the message today. This is the message: to live your life in light of the ancient path, and in light of your secret mission. To see what crossroad you are at, and to take that next step towards where God is calling you. I want it for my life. I want it for your life too. And let this be the year that we finally take our life by the reins and we say, God, I'm going to hand the reins to you. I'm not going to control it anymore. I want to follow you with everything that I have. Let's th- let this be the year. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.